Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store for you. It's February, and that means it is Couples Month here at the That Sounds Fun podcast. And that just means we'll have a pair of guests instead of individuals all month long. And since one of our guests wrote a book that released on Tuesday this week, the same day as my new book, That Sounds Fun, we call them twins, we wanted to start Couples Month with them. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to share with you about one of our amazing partners, BetterHelp. It's no secret around here how much I've personally benefited from counseling. Just ask my teammates. (laughs) Just how important I think it is for you to prioritize your mental and emotional health. If there are things going on that are causing you to feel out of control, that are interfering with your happiness, or that are holding you back, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can then connect with in a convenient, safe, and private online environment. I love that you can send your therapist a message anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can start communicating within 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, no waiting rooms or uncomfortable couches. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. I think that's really important. You can also check out the testimonials posted daily on their site to help you get a feel for it if you're curious but feeling a little nervous. I get that. For sure I get that. BetterHelp offers services for clients worldwide, and they have therapists that specialize in a wide variety of disciplines, which means that the right help is available for what you're going through. These are licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anger, anxiety, family conflicts, grief, and more. BetterHelp offers convenient, professional, affordable counseling, and what you share is confidential. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a healthier life today. As one of my friends, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over a million people and a lot of our That Sounds Fun podcast friends who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. All right, friends, today on the show, as I told you, our buddy Ben Higgins and his lovely fiance, Jess Clark, are here. Ben and I share a book birthday this week, his new book, Alone in Plain Sight, Searching for Connection When You're Seen But Not Known, came out this week, y'all. It is so good. I got to read it. I loved it. And then we got to sit down and chat with Ben and his lovely fiance, Jess, who I just adore you guys. If you want to hear more from Ben, he was also on episode 136, but today's even better because it's him and Jess together. Kicking off TSF Couples 2021, here is Ben and Jess. So the show is officially starting. I don't like to bamboozle people and think, they earlier I was talking to Michael Ware. Do y'all know Michael Ware, the politician? He's also a DC guy. He was like, Are we still recording? Do we stop? I was like, We're going. <laughs> okay, Ben and Jess, welcome to That Sounds Fun Couples 2021. Y'all are kicking off the month for us. So Ooh. glad y'all are here. That is, uh, that is, I'm glad we're here. Yeah, uh, this was exciting for us. It's, yeah. you know, last uh, year and a half, I think we got to talk a few times on um, different podcasts. It's always good for me. To see you. Thank you. I feel the same. Mm-hmm. Jess, this is your this is your debut appearance on That Sounds Fun. I know, which is a big deal because I listen to That Sounds Fun. So I'm like pretty excited. <laughs> You're also a Nashville girl. I don't know if people, I mean, we talked about that a little bit when Ben was on the show when y'all were dating, but yes. you grew up here? 
Yes, I did in Franklin. Okay. And so you've so just moved out. out. Y'all got engaged how long ago? During the in pandemic? March. In March, we got engaged. March 27th. Okay. And yeah. when's the wedding? Do we know this or is this a secret that only ABC knows or something? <laughs> no, ABC does not know. I wish ABC knew what it was. That'd be a lot easier. It's next November. Okay, so this November, November of this November. November. This, November. This, November. this November. We're not waiting another year. No. Do you know, I was about to be like, you guys, are you telling me November <laughs> of 22? <laughs> no, definitely not. It's, it's just fun to keep pushing it back. It's good for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. I would have to wonder, talk a little bit about, y'all didn't live in the same city until you were engaged, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. we, I mean, we didn't live in the same city until like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's So true. we were engaged for like, Six months. Six months before we even moved moved More to the same that. city. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So some of our friends listening are doing the long distance thing. How mm-hmm. do you make it work? And what do you know now that you that you've lived in the same city that you didn't know before? I would say uh, this is a pretty easy question for us to answer uh, because we came up with some rules that I actually think worked. I'm not a big fan of rules in life ever, but we had to get like on the same page and, and setting a rule or two was the only way to do it. So yeah. one of our rules that was, was that we would never leave each other without having another trip planned, like to yes. see each other. Again. Okay. So yeah. even if it was three months out, I mean, I think we went at one point, uh, two months here recently without seeing each other, but we just at least knew there was another trip plan. The second yeah. was one that people kind of like frown out, but you have to understand where we're coming from. We never allowed each other to express sadness upon leaving each other because you had to hide it. You had to hide it because here's the reason. Every time we would separate, every time I drop her off the airport, every time I get in the car, like if one of us was sad, we're going to be sad every time. And it's just going to get harder and harder. And I didn't want to be sitting on the couch with her, with her having two more days left hanging out with us, with me. And for her to, and for the two of us to be like, oh, I'm so sad you're leaving. Oh, I'm so sad you're leaving. Oh, I wish you could stay. I, that's just that's not fun. So we just yeah. hit it. We're like, that's not even an option. We're not going to communicate it. We already know it's there. So like, forget about it. Move on. So you're allowed to be sad about other things, just not about being together or apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But we're like we yeah, yeah we didn't like emotionally stifle. That's each good. Other. I yeah. just wanted to be very clear yeah. for our friends yeah. before you got DMs. That you're like, you yeah. don't let yeah. each other feel sadness. That's right. <laughs> it's just about leaving. But my my friends and family are probably more excited about us living in the same city than we are because they're not hearing my sadness anymore. Sure, <laughs> sure. We call like my mom or my best friend and like, like sniffling or just sad. It was so hard to leave. I hated it. Same. That, that That is a really, I actually don't hate that second rule because I do think that the two rules go together. You know, there's yeah. another trip, so you don't have to feel sadness with each other so that you can carry on to the next one. Yep. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes tons exactly. of sense. It just keeps, I mean, it keeps communication healthy and, and like it helped us to focus on the things that were important. Like let's celebrate the fact that we're together now and not that we're leaving each other. And I really actually think now that we're not needing to do that, like, I think it was actually a really good decision. Like, yeah. I think it was really healthy for us. And I think it was, I, I never remember like my week, my day, my month being ruined because she was gone. I just always remember ex- being excited for the next time I was going to see her. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's a big deal. What yeah. do you know now that you live in the same city? Well, for me, I was always like a little bit insecure that one day we would like 
not have things to do or it wouldn't be some exciting weekend trip. And all of a sudden we would have mundane days and we'd be like, oh gosh, like life isn't quite as fun as I thought it was with you. But honestly, it's, it was just, a, it was an insecurity of mine because our life was so weird and doing long distance every single time you're with them is like an event. But the past couple of weeks, like just having like leftovers for dinner, sitting on yeah. the couch and watching a show or meeting and doing a workout or whatever, it's been so fun. And I feel like we really are just best friends and it doesn't, life doesn't have to be like crazy events for you to really appreciate being around one another. I think it's been really, it's been great. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, yeah. and the, the good part is it's less, this is going to sound terrible. Oh, good. You got to understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> oh, it's good. less work. Like there was a, there's an element to life. I think for both of us that when we live long distance, there'd be not constant check-ins, but there'd be check-ins throughout the day. You would also know when like the other person wasn't doing something or had something scheduled. So you call them and tell them about your day. And then we lived on different time zones. And so like I would be still working and she would be done with her day. And then she was going to bed, you know, an hour before like I was even thinking like thinking about sl slowing down. And so she would call me to talk or I'd call her to talk. And it was just like it, it kept getting like life would just get out of rhythm all the time. Yeah. Now that we're in the same city. One thing I'm recognizing is that like we can kind of just like do our thing and know that I'm going to see you tomorrow. So if like I don't talk to her or don't give her an update on my life, that's okay. Like we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more peaceful. Yeah. It was towards the end, like the finding our schedules lining up and being able to talk for more than like 30 seconds at a time was getting hard. So this is, it's been really nice not looking at my phone all the time. All right. It's great. I mean, Jess, have, what's it been like to move to a new city, though? I mean, you have to make new friends. You have to figure out a new place to work out, a new place to go to the grocery <laughs> store. I mean, how's it been? Honestly, it's been really great. I went to school. <laughs> I went to school in Mississippi, and so that was still four hours from my parents. And then I went straight back and lived right by my parents. And I've just always been in the same place with the same friends, and so. I actually was really anxious about moving somewhere new, but it's been super peaceful. And a lot of that is, I mean, over the past two years, Ben's become my best friend. So mm -hmm. it's nice to have like your, your rock there, but also his friends have significant others that, so I have like girls that I know. And so it's not like I'm starting from scratch, which is so helpful. And then from there, I can just kind of explore and like, figure it all out. And it's been really fun for me. I've definitely laid low for the past couple of weeks in adjusting and setting up the house and resting because I, I was in school for six months, graduated and then moved. So I've kind of needed to like decompress, but it's yeah. been good. I wonder if there's like a benefit too, to the fact that like we've been locked in a house for yeah. like months now. And right. so everything's exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, even in Nashville, she wasn't doing anything that cool. Like, we just looking at right. home. So, like, you know, there, and, like, even, like, you know, Sunday, we're up doing, putting furniture in the new house, and I think it was, like, yeah, we, church, like, we watched church, like, we went to church. Yeah. Uh, and did it, like, at the bar stool tape, like, at our bar stools, and just kind of watching, hung out, and, like, you know, so community is just weird right now, especially out here. Yeah. There's not a lot of people doing much. Yeah. Y'all are in Denver, right? Yeah. 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 Don't give your address, but just the city. The city is yeah. Denver. That's 
That's fine. Our new house is in Golden, though. The address is. <laughs> it's Golden, the suburb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's where Coors Brewery is, in fact. So that's why when you see those beautiful pictures on the side of the cans. Yeah. That is Golden, Colorado. It's about 20 minutes uh, west of the city. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice. It's quieter. Uh, yeah. It's just quieter in the city. Like the Franklin of Nashville. Yeah. There we go. What are y'all learning about God being engaged that's different than when you were dating or when you were single? I think a lot of it is like what it looks like to have a partnership and be a team Mm -hmm. and how like you can blend your life in a way that also has God at the center of it. And so like conversations about like finance or how we're going to spend our extra time or I don't know. I mean, more of like the boring conversations, I guess, yeah. have a little bit more of a, a teamwork aspect to them, you say? I think all the conversations do. Yeah. <laughs> they all do, but I think oh, some of the other. Yeah. I mean, and also, I feel like I am over the last. 31 years of life consistently learning something new about God Mm. and then consistently learning something new about us here since we've been together, especially since we got engaged. And as we start talking life, uh, every day seems like, like it's just, you know, the, the mystery is something that I'm like really hot on right now. There's a lot more mystery in life than I understand, especially when it comes to this relationship and who she is. I'm curious about her curious about who God is in our life and in life in general. And so as of recent, I think the thing that like maybe I've learned the most, I think like it's a reinforcement that like, just because I had some friends tell me if I was going to get married that I might, you know, the old joke, like might as well consider life over. Like you're just going to get the good ball and chain and you're just going to hang out. Uh, And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And uh, in fact, I think it's just beginning and I think it's exciting. I think it's an adventure that I'm, I'm ready and excited to have. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one thing that's like bringing me comfort is like, hey, life doesn't just end now. Like it's not like mm. I'm, giving, I'm giving everything up. Like I'm giving a lot up and, and there's right things I'm sacrificing for. But it's not like I just like got to get married to not have more fun. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if this is, it's not necessarily engagement specific, but it is more like moving to the same place as him. He's kind of sparked a curiosity in me about the Lord that I didn't have before because he asks more questions than I do. Mm. And like he listens to people that talk a little bit more like deeply than people. That, I don't know. It's just, it's a different hit. The way that he interacts with the Lord is different than the way that I did in Tennessee. And so it's kind of like, made me feel more curious too which has been really cool and it it is like that it was like that whenever we were dating but I think just seeing it more on a daily basis cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. I was like I was watching Ben's face and I was like oh he's gonna say something and he's like cool I say it behind your back a lot yeah the <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just like as you get older, the less and less you know, and I think that's yes. true. And so I just ask a lot of questions. I don't have a lot of answers. Yeah, I can't imagine being my partner because yeah. you're just getting constantly like overloaded with questions where I'm like, what is this whole thing about? I don't like the way this guy, this guy or girl said this about, you know, Jesus. Why are, why are people marching around with Jesus signs? I don't understand yeah. it. Tell me more. And then it's like, yeah. it just it spirals every day. But it's like what I enjoy doing 
Um, and I think it just brings me closer to God. Yeah. But to be my partner is probably going to suck because it just constantly like. <laughs> yeah, but she literally just said it doesn't. She literally just said that's one of the things that's brought her closer to the Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it because he'll, he will, he'll say those questions out loud and I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah, really good. Just like sitting there and be like, yeah, that's wild. I'm like, I'm so sorry that that's rattling you like that. And then I'll be like Googling what's happening and like trying to find some sort of wisdom in it. Yeah. And so it's been really good for me. My, my research of the Bible has gone through the roof. Yeah. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partner, Features. Can we talk about a date not too long ago that I put on a pair of socks that were a little stretched out? I thought, no big deal when I put them on that morning, but by midday, when they kept sliding off my heel and getting swallowed by my boot, it was feeling like a much bigger deal, you guys. I mean, my mind already moves fast. It's not like I need additional distractions. It's times like these that you realize that to perform at your best, you need to feel your best from head to toe. Features has solely focused on engineering innovative, high-performance socks for almost 20 years. Let me tell you, these are socks that make you feel your best. They've created a sock with a custom-like fit to prevent that annoying issue that comes with conventional socks. No more bunching, slipping, friction, or blisters. They have multiple cushion levels from ultralight to max cushioning so that you can have the exact feel you're looking for from your socks. I love my feature socks. I love the more cushioned ones when I'm wearing boots and the compression from the lighter cushion ones really make a difference in my foot comfort during workouts. I mean, who can't use a little more moral support during a workout, am I right? Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. That targeted compression I was telling you about acts like a hug around the arch of your foot. That keeps your socks right where they belong and prevent bunching, slipping, and the literal worst, sliding down into your shoe. Features are anatomically designed so that they're specifically shaped to conform to your left foot and your right foot individually, y'all. They even have a handy little R and L to let you know which foot. Features are so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no questions asked. And it's a family-owned company, which I love. Hugh Gaither founded the company back in 2002, and now he and his sons, John and Joe, operate the company in North Carolina with the mission to create products that help you achieve your personal best. I love that. See why Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For listeners, if that sounds fun, you can receive $10 off your first pair of Features when you go to features.com slash sounds fun. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash sounds fun for $10 off your first pair of features. And now back to our conversation with Ben and Jess. (laughs) I mean, Ben, there's got to be a lot of friends listening who aren't as into God being mysterious. They prefer yeah. concrete answers. They prefer yes and no's. They prefer for things to have a right and a wrong. Why Why is it for you, you don't have to answer for the world, but for you, why is embracing the mystery of God helped your relationship with God and not hurt it? Oh, boy. Well, I don't, <laughs> let's see where we can go with this. Yeah, let's go. Uh, well, one thing is anytime that God, I put God in the box or uh, when I, anytime I've put God in a box, that box has always been blown up somehow, some way. And then uh, I, sp- I think especially in a time that we're living in now, but I, I don't know if that's a good, a good way to start this either is and just in life in general, like not a lot really makes sense when you start to ask yourself, honestly, 
what's going on. Uh, when you start to ask yourself honestly, like, who am I and where is God at? Uh, a lot of the things that we're told, a lot of the things that like make, you know, a belief in Jesus more comforting oftentimes doesn't fit within how we, how we see the world or how we see loving people better. And so I say all this to say that also, if, if there is a God, which I believe in first and foremost, if there is a God, that God, there's, there's a famous saying that says like, if, if you can understand anything of God, that is not God at all, that like God is so much greater and bigger. There's so much more wonder and awe uh, that the reason that we're so confused by God sometimes is just because God is so much more expansive and so much more involved and so much more here than what we understand and know. And so like, it's almost like the, just to put my hands up in the air and that brings me to worship. Um, it's really hard for me to get to a place where like my ego is really big. So it's really hard to get for me to get a place of like healthy, fearful worship, like really good, fearful, fearful, fearful worship and when like i think about how much is unknown in this world in the cosmos and, and with god it brings me to my knees and so that's what brings me closer is because it allows me to dig deeper and just like i would with jess is like you know we could have a great relationship and i could never ask her uh, we, we could have a relationship and i could never ask her a question about herself ever or her intentions on anything or ever question why she said something or did something what she did but would it never be a good relationship? I'd never get to know her more. There'd never be any curiosity there. We, we could we could make it work. We'd go through the motions, but would there be any depth? And uh, so that's why. That's why it brings me closer. There's depth to it, I think. I, I like you comparing it to in-person because I'm thinking the same thing. There are times where someone, a, a partner or a friend, and I'm afraid to ask a question because I'm afraid of the answer because it's something I don't know. But almost every time, well, every time it brings clarity and almost every time it brings more depth to the relationship. Yeah. And if I handled God that way in my relationship with God, if I was that willing to ask questions, I would have a deeper relationship. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because also, you know, that what's the other option you believe you put God in a box, you believe these certain, certain things, or you believe, you know, what side God's on, or you, you, you think, you know, what's right and wrong. And then, uh, you start to question that a little bit and you just hold like what you just suppress it and push it down farther and farther. And then at some point it like comes out in the worst of ways, or you start to ask it often, just like you would anybody else. Just, Hey, I don't understand what you mean by this. Please tell me, yeah. please show me, yeah. please help me gain a better understanding of this. And so like, you know, I talk about in the loan in plain sight, but a lot of my relationship with God, and I hope it's not always this way so much is a, is a wrestling it is a, a tossing back and forth being like, God, I don't get it. I know you're here. I, I believe in you fully, but I don't get it. Yeah. And like, none of this makes sense to me. Please help me make sense of it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Let's talk about alone in plain sight, because when everyone's listening to this, you and I just had book twins two days I ago. Say, I'm not the only one releasing a book on February 2nd. That's What's right. That? We got book twins. It's the best part of our friendship today. Alone in Plain Sight, for starters, Ben, you were kind enough to let me read it early, and it is so good. Like, yeah. you really did it. Uh, it's yeah. a really great book. It's not one of those where someone famous got an option to write a book, and so they just did it. You, It feels like this has been rumbling in you for a while. Is that true, or am I making that up? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, well, because, um, it has been rumbling because I, I felt it, there's like so many different way, reasons why I, I want to write a book or, uh, one of them is because I had felt like an outsider all of my life. I still feel like an outsider at times, a lot of times. 
And one of the ways that I feel like an outsider is to find as many people as possible that connects and understands you. And so one of the reasons was a selfish ambition of saying, is there anybody else out there that feels alone, isolated, lonely, confused? Um, and like I said in the book, like the kid looking through the window at the party that he wasn't invited to. Does anybody else feel that way? Because I would really like to hear it if you are. Yeah. Like, I just need you. I need this community. The second is um, when, when, when I got the opportunity to write a book, I want to write something that in 20, 30 years that I can be proud of. Yeah. And then finally, I mean, really the, the whole basis of writing this book, because uh, I, I mean, Jess helped me get here was like, I was so nervous. I'm sure you, you've done this a few times now, but I'm, I'm still so anxious about if it's going to sell or not, or if anybody's yeah. going to like it or not. And if like the, the, the personal hit that that would take on me, if it doesn't yeah. work. So I had to get to a place where if one person, uh, picks up the book and feels less alone, which I can't like feeling alone is one of the worst feelings. I mean, probably the worst feeling you can ever feel. Like I, I bet if, if there is a hell, um, or if hell is right here right now, like the times of deep loneliness are, is hell yeah, like that a is taste, hell, a taste for sure. Yeah. And so if one person feels less lonely because of reading the book, then, then it's all been worth it. Like this whole thing was worth it. The, the hours spent, the, the tears cried and then all, on all of that. And so, yeah, that's why I did it. Jess, tell me where you came along in the process. Had he written any of it when y'all started dating or had he just started or where, how much of this have you walked with him? So when we started dating, I think it was more like he was trying to process what he was going to write. Yeah. Because um, it really, it took him two years to do it. And so I think he was in like the creative outline stages of it. And then as we were dating, he was writing it. And I mean, it comes like from the belly of his heart. It is yeah. even reading it. I'm like, this is his voice. It's his heart. It's his passion for connecting with other people and I mean, he just did such a great job. And I know it was a labor of love, too. So so I was on tour at the beginning of this year. And so I was spit, sitting in the back of the bus. I'd have the windows open, like the drapes. And we'd be driving down the highway. And I'd yeah. be typing. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, this is, this is all right. <laughs> this is a weird life. I really like it that I'm riding in the back of a bus in the back lounge. You, know, you want to know what makes it weirder? Yeah. So when I get onto the bus, this is for the tour Bachelor Live on stage. I get onto the bus and I very first thing I do is I jump on the king bed that's in the back. I mean, I had a nice room. It's, those things are sweet. Wait, so sorry, uh, you were it wasn't a lounge. It was your bedroom in the back. It's a bed. The whole back of the bus is my bedroom. No, it was then incredible. That's not how the rest of us tour, brother. Somehow, it's not. It's the, the, my bedroom was bigger than my bedroom that's at my house. Yes, it was uh, crazy. And I had a bathroom there. It was sweet. <gasps> and I had a huge big screen TV. And I get onto it. I'm like, this is going to be the coolest four months of my life. Guess whose bus it was before me and who was logged into the, their Netflix account? Still. Oh, I want to dream. Taylor Swift. No. John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. You are lying. It was still logged into their Netflix. I know John Legend's Netflix email. I know everything. <laughs> and so finally, at one point, I DM'd him and I was like, hey, I've got your bus. Like, he was logged into everything still. No. That feels crazy. like something that someone should have taken care of. It feels and like it. It was pretty fantastic, though. So, yes, uh, that's where I wrote. I like to say I wrote my book in, in Chrissy and John's bedroom. Yeah, that's right. 
I would have never logged off their their Netflix. I would have just rolled with it. And just like yeah. they, somewhere in their house, they're going, why is why are we getting so much weird British stuff all of a sudden yeah. recommended? Because <laughs> Annie's watching it all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ben. I mean, as you were writing, was there places? Well, I know this answer because I read it and I know you. Talk about the places where you wrote the story, but it almost feels too vulnerable, but you left it anyway. Why do you do that? Why'd you leave the pieces that feel so close to, as Jess said, the belly of your heart? Yeah, well, I think a couple of reasons. One is once you get criticized enough, you kind of get a callus to it. And uh, that you really think that callus is actually really great. Uh, criticism still hurts. Like it, it still like can like really push me down, especially if it's the right thing at the right time. But uh, there's a beauty now that like I'm pretty not easily offended which is, I think, a pretty like healthy thing, actually. I like to hold on. I'd like to try to hold on to that is not being easily offended. And so like if I've had the benefit of that just based on, you know, five years now kind of living in the public eye and having everything that I do criticize in some way and never make anybody happy and always kind of upsetting somebody on some side or the other, um, I want to run like I want to use that skill set, hopefully for good. Some mm. at some level, you know, there is a part. Like I'd never told really anybody, my family knew some close friends that like, you know, my, I had a, an addiction to painkillers for like years of my life. And like, it was definitely like my fault, but it was also like the, the reason I left it in there is because it came from a surgery I had and then a, a surgery following it and then the surgery following. It. And so I was like on painkillers medically like prescribed for like, I think 16 months of my life from high school to college. Well, like, ain't nobody going to be on Vicodin for 16 months of their life consistently and not get hooked. Like right. you're going to get hooked and you're going to go everywhere you can to find more ways to take it. Right. And so I left it in there. So, cause I, I guarantee you there's somebody out there that's going to read this book that goes, yeah, like I, I read this, I hear it. I see it. I feel it. I, I, I am Ben right now. Like I right. am hooked on painkillers. Maybe I meant to get hooked or maybe I didn't, but it like, I mean, I know from being a, a complete addict, like it causes you to steal. It causes you to go looking for what, whoever else has it around you. It also causes you like deep depression, like getting off of those things is brutal. And like, I just don't want anybody to feel alone if they're out there doing it. Cause I know millions of people get hooked every year. So yeah. uh, that's like one example of many, I think. Yeah. I, how does that addict, I mean, do you consider yourself an addict in a lot of ways now? Or are you just more, are you thoughtful of like, this has happened once it could happen again. Or do you feel like it was literally just a one and done and you're, you won't don't feel pulled to things. I don't get addicted very easily. Yeah. Not too much. There's not like I, I have vices, but like, it's not, I think painkillers was just different because it was on a different, it like changed my personality. Yeah. Like I was uh, like, I, I, I was a liar. Uh, I was, I mean, it, I don't know if there was a moment. I mean, it's been a couple of years now, but I don't know if there was a moment that went by when I was like a complete act that I wasn't thinking about like the next pill. Like, that's just what like painkillers do. They're a brutal thing. Yes. And I, I actually, uh, maybe two years ago, I got, I forget why, but I got Vicodin prescribed to me and I took one and it like, I ain't never taken that again. Like really? it just destroyed me. Like it made me feel terrible. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess to say all of that, uh, is I'm not really an addict, but I can see how, and, and maybe because of that, like I'm such a strong believer in speaking and sharing the story of being addicted to painkillers. Cause like, I'm not that easily addicted to things and I got hooked. 
So like, just wait, if you have a little bit more of addictive personality, how, how scary it could get. Yeah. I think that's why the title of your book, I think I may have told you this when I read it, but the title makes so much sense because there are so many places in your life like that, where you're in front of a million people, you're going to class with people, you're playing sports, you, your family, your friends, and you felt totally alone in it. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, it's true, right? Then you're on the bachelor and yeah. and you're in plain sight for real. You're on the cover of People magazine. You're everywhere. And you still write about there are times that that felt really lonely, too. I think people wouldn't believe in the Bachelor scenario that someone would feel alone because either as one of the Bachelors or the Bachelor, you're around people all the time. Yeah, I guess it's probably I guess the my question then would be like, what is it that you think? What is it about being the Bachelor? do you think would be fulfilling? Mm-hmm. Uh, like why did, would that, why do you think that would make you feel less alone? Is it the attention? Uh, is it the fame? There isn't much money from it, but if it's the money, then you're going to be sorely mistaken. <laughs> you're like <laughs> big news, everybody news. Yeah. Not uh, rich off of that. Uh, uh, you know, I just, it would be a good follow-up because what I realized as I got into it is fame isn't fulfilling and no amount of tension ever satisfies the soul mm. and, and maybe also is because like i've always said this and, and i'm maybe a really good person can tell me something different but like if i was john legend for example i'd feel pretty good about being famous because i got famous because i'm a good singer mm. i'm a great performer like i worked hard he worked hard to get to where he's at this has not come easy this has not come overnight the difference would be in the bachelor is it literally comes overnight. You've done nothing. <laughs> to like you literally, and like, that's not like to be self-deprecating. Like you literally do nothing to deserve the fact that you're the bachelor and then you're there. And then people know you, they like you, they follow you, whatever, because what they've seen you date or like they've seen you talk to other people on a television show. Like, and so it just doesn't feel very good. Maybe like in that, in my circumstance, like there was nothing about it that I like took a lot of pride in. Jess, what's it been like for you to, in a very similar way, kind of overnight have a following that for being Ben's girlfriend, until they fall in love with you for being you, like I have as well. But what is it, what has that been like for you? Have have you found fame to be fulfilling? Well, I do not consider myself famous at all. Tim's had an article on her uh, this last week, and I read it, I was reading it. I was like, see, hon, you're famous. And she's like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um, I forget that it's not just like my friends and family that follow me. And so sometimes like people that are like friends with my mom will like come up to me and be like, I saw you posted this on Instagram the other day. Like, how's it going? And I'm yeah. like, how did you see that? Like, do you follow <laughs> me? Like, I just forget. Or like with strangers in general. So yeah. I, I haven't hopefully changed my Instagram that much but also for me it was more of a conscious decision to leave mine public and see what happened because I when we started dating I easily could have just made it private and nothing could have come of it and I could have gone about my life and been pretty private and it have been okay but I felt like I had on my college campus and moving back to Nashville I talked to a lot of girls about my story which is I had had an eating disorder for six years of my life. And so I had kind of been talking to girls about that for a while in person. And when I met Ben, he asked me what my dream job was. And I said, I just kind of want to like keep talking to girls. Like, I know you can get paid for that, but like, that'd be a dream job. And so I was like, I mean, 
maybe I could connect with people or at least share my story on social media. So that's kind of what I did. And it's never like hurt me so badly that I decided to go private. So we're just, we're rolling with it and it's fine, but it was definitely like more of a decision. It wasn't, you know, I didn't go on a TV show and I also thought I would like, I didn't think I would get this many followers either. So I couldn't have predicted that, but. Jess, what are you doing now with your, because when you were here in Nashville, you were doing events, you were really kind of launching into giving, it was so beautiful. You just would gather these groups of women and give them a place just to literally talk. We, no phones were allowed to be out, no Mm -hmm. pictures, no nothing. It was just come to this coffee shop and sit and talk with each other and keep your phones out of here. What does that look like now during COVID and living in Denver? Like, are you dreaming new dreams or are you just waiting until it opens up to pick back up with that thing that was really working here? I know. Well, for the first part of COVID, I decided to just do a website and I did a blog. And so I, I posted and then I also allowed women to email me their stories and I would post them on the website as well. So it was almost like a virtual room sort of thing. And then that kind of, this is going to just be terrible, but it got too much for me to manage. And yes. I just, I had to take a break from it. So once life slows down a little bit more, I really wanted to dive back into that but honestly right now it's been a little bit more like personal stories like I still get people emailing me or I'll message back and forth with someone on Instagram or a friend will call me and ask me if I can talk to their friend or like two weeks ago I went and talked at a high school bible study of a friend just because they needed someone they had heard that some girls were struggling with eating issues and they just wanted someone to come and talk and so it's been a little bit more intimate um, instead of those events, but it's still been really, really sweet. And hopefully one day I'll be able to, I loved doing those events. They were so cool. So yeah, I would love to do that again, but I kind of yeah. love that before y'all were even really y'all, the Lord was kind of walking you both toward your missions of these conversations are so similar that you mm-hmm. just don't want people to feel alone. Yeah. And it's funny because it comes from two really different places, right? It's but- kind of wild, right? It is. Yeah, it is. I never thought about it that way yeah. because this is all happening before we met each other. Yeah. It's been enhanced, but yeah, it's inter- I've never thought about the fact that like both of our pursuits have came from a place of not wanting others to feel alone because we felt alone. I spoke out, this reminds me of this, I spoke at a um, college ministry camp at some point and um, I was sharing my story and then they had us talk about relationships too. And there's one woman there who's talking about like how you live in singleness when you're waiting for a partner. And they said like, you put your head down and I feel like that people have heard this before maybe, but you put your head down and you do what you're being called to do. And one day you're going to look up and someone's going to be running right beside you. Yeah. And as you said that, that's what I was thinking because both of us were just kind of doing it. And then you look up and then there's, there's someone else there. You look up and then you slide into her DMs, Ben. That's how we do yeah. Yeah, it's the modern way. It's the best way. It's the best way. I'm, uh, I'm batting 100 from it. So that's, right. Good. that's right. You're done. One and done. It worked out great. <laughs> Never do it again. Hopefully, not do it again. Yeah, that's right. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Brooklinen. Some mornings you wake up energized and ready to take on the day. And some days you wake up feeling ready to, well, pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. I get it. No judgment. 
But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. If you don't love your sheets, Brooklinen has you covered, literally. So Rich and Vicky started Brooklinen because, like you and me, they were trying to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they didn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting, including one for me, you guys. They are so confident that you're going to love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. I absolutely love my Brooklinen sheets and duvet cover. I own multiple sets, so I never have to sleep on any others, even when one set is in the wash. But Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to start the new year. To help you do that, Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code SOUNDSFUN to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code SOUNDSFUN to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping brooklinen.com and use the promo code sounds fun at checkout and now back to finish our conversation with ben and jess ben when you think about alone in plain sight who are you hoping reads it who am i hoping to read it i mean i really want somebody to read it that just feels isolated and alone like that's that's hurting that feels can somebody out there that that feels like they're just misunderstood that they're not going to be understood that they've been bullied or picked on uh, but I also really want the people out there, you know, it's funny. I'm not a huge Justin Bieber fan, but his song Lonely is the oh. people that I want to read this also yes. is that's a crazy good song it's for inc- so many. It's reasons. incredible. Yeah. Because you have this guy like Justin and we can all say, right, we've all said it like how hard his life must have been to be a teenager and be thrown in the spotlight and up on stages and forced to perform and entertain and like be cool. Like how hard would that be? Well, you also now have like your TikTok stars who are the same age that Justin was when he started, who have to be cool and good looking and pretty and all these things to perform at some point. I I just believe it. I I can't predict this, that like there's going to be time when you look around you and you feel lonely, unknown, misunderstood, maybe unseen. And uh, when that happens, and it can happen to any of us, uh, I hope that's the person that's picking up the book, just going, there's one other person out there that feels this way or has felt this way that I know I'm not alone. And, yeah. and that's who I want to read it. And I think it could be all of us at some level. I just love the idea of thinking about like Valentine's day and Easter, like these holidays coming up of when we get to give gifts to people. Cause it's not often the people that we would assume feel alone that do. That's the yeah. title alone in plain sight. Right. So, so all we can hand this one to any of our friends and they may not admit it to us, but then they sit and read Alone in Plain Sight and they go, I didn't know how to say this, but this is how I feel. And this is how mm-hmm. I felt. I mean, I think it's such I a gift. So. I hope so. I mean, they could buy my Alone in Plain Sight and they could buy your book same day. Yeah. Uh, probably the same locations. Take it home. Read them both in one sitting. <laughs> get right. up and change the world. It's That's gonna be it. Awful. <laughs> that sounds fun and Alone in Plain Sight. Just going for it on the same day. Yeah. yeah. I... There, I am so honored that we get to share that day. That makes me yeah. so happy 
It is exactly With no planning to it. Like it happened no. randomly. I know. I was so we both we I mean, I think we found out around the same time and we were texting like we get to do this. <laughs> yeah. We get to release it's, on the same day. It's really incredible. Yeah. You know, we well, last night we had a conversation with uh Bob Goff and yes. I was telling him the same thing I'll tell you is you know, there's a few people. It's really interesting, especially during this time of writing this book that just came in my life and came into Jess's life and have been just like great sources of encouragement, of wisdom, of, of hope, of uh, joy. Uh, you're 100 percent one of those people. Oh. And like that makes this whole thing great, like to be able to, for you to text me and say, hey, our books are coming out on the same day. And I'm going, hey, like I'm not I'm not in your category, but yet at, at some level, like we're going to walk this thing together. That just is a special thing for me, and uh, it's just a cool thing to be a part of. It makes life really fun right now. Yeah, being on teams is way more than individual sports. Way more fun. Uh, I'm so way much for better. it. Okay, so we have a couple of questions from our AFD Week in Review email friends. That these are some heavy questions, so y'all better buckle up. We're um, really going for it. A couple of these we've already kind of touched on about being engaged and being in the same city, but. Here's a good one. Ben, it seems that there are a lot of Christians that go on Bachelor and Bachelorette and and or become the Bachelor Bachelorette. What do you think about this? Are you seeing that? Do you feel like there's a lot of faith people that are showing up in the Bachelor Nation, as it's called? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think there is. I think there's a lot of people of faith. Um, I cannot tell you why. Huh. I don't have to answer that. I cannot tell you why. I mean, I do think, like, this. the show is predominantly watched by uh, the Midwesterners, uh, their biggest, I mean, they appease to the demographic that's within the heartland. Um, that's just fact. And so, you know, you're going to get a lot of, uh, Bible believing Christians, uh, when you talk about the heartland, but, but yeah, yes. But things to go on to be the lead. I mean, maybe I would just like to believe that if you follow Jesus, you're going to have a little bit of light about you that conquers darkness. And probably that light's going to have you be, um, somebody that others want to confide in, listen to, you're going to show them em- empathy and love and kindness and support. Like that's just the things that God called us to. And so if you have those qualities, if you've worked on those qual- qualities, if you've cultivated that life style and the way you deal with people, then like, you're going to be a, a decent lead on the show because that's like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And there's so uh, many people on the other side of the camera with you, producers and whoever yeah. else, and they are figuring out, man, this guy's great to be around. We would love to have a whole season with him of all the people we get to choose to be with. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that probably has to do with it. You don't want to bring on somebody in there that like hates people. Right. Uh, well, you know, that kind of thing. But like, I, I mean, I think when it comes to Christianity, like why, why don't we have other belief systems represented? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell you that. Yeah. I think it's very fascinating. I also love this question. This is from Emily. She says, what does it look like to disciple people who've joined the Bachelor franchise? And is that something that is important to you? I mean, I feel like I have seen you do that. You really cheer for the people who come behind you in this franchise. But are you kind of, do you feel like there's a discipleship relationship at all with any of those dudes? It's interesting. If you go back the last five years, I think I'm still used to the second youngest bachelor to like right now. And this like, I'm young. I was 26 when I did the show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was a young dude. So, you know, I don't know if it's a discipleship. Like I want to support these people. I know what it's like to go through it. I know what it's like to get the criticism and to have your world go from zero to 100. I I don't want them to ever question like what I believe in. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that if they want to talk issues of faith or issues of belief and they want to talk 
about Jesus. Like I'm here for that. I love, I mean, I'd love to do that. But the, the one thing I do do is I do speak to every, at least bachelor going into the next season. I try to. Oh, do you just like give them a pep talk? Yeah. And, and I do that just mostly to like, let them know that if I can do it, they can do it. And I mean that, like if I can do it, they can do it. And that they were chosen for a reason and mm. just to give them a little bit of support. I don't have a lot of advice for them because they're going to go off and do their own thing and do really good well with it. I like to imagine, but I sort of make them walk into it feeling like, Hey, I've met Ben. I know Ben outside of the show. He has no interest in the production of this thing. He has no worries if the show does great or, or poorly. Uh, but he is another guy that's done it. And it's just nice to know that he's, he's walked this path also. Yeah. Do y'all watch it? Do y'all watch all the seasons? I still have my podcast, so yes. Oh, yes, of it. course. <laughs> you get to watch it. I get to watch it. That's right. I get you get to, to watch it. But we are, we're watching this season together, which normally I would be, like, pretty hit or miss with it. Just, uh-huh. I've never been, like, super attached, but we're watching the season together, which is fun. Which is so much easier for me because then she – what people don't know about Jessica, she is very, very witty. And so yes. she'll come up with these little comments during – the show that I would never come up with my own. And I write in my phone and I tweet them out uh, during the show. And you get all the cred and it's your, you have a copywriter that you're engaged to. I don't have a Twitter, so he can do whatever he wants on there. I love, okay, Ben, say the name of y'all's show. It's you and Ashley, right? Yeah, it's Ashley, I can Eddie and I do uh, the Homeless Famous Podcast. It's an iHeart radio production, but it's uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Yeah, you think it's fun? Do you enjoy podcasting? I love it. I love podcasting and I like it because of my role on the show is to be like the out of touch dad and (laughs) educate me on what's going on with the show and the drama of it all. So I really like my role right now because I just don't get too much into the pop culture side of things, but then that's great because she can teach me on the show. Yeah, She handles it all for you. I love it. Okay. Talk also about your Monday night. Is it Monday night? Am I making that up? What night? Wednesday night. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your Wednesday night. Instagram show. What do you call it? An Instagram show? Is that what we call yeah, this? Hope still wins. Hope still wins. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I get to interview people like you and others who uh, are just positive forces in this world. People that don't always have the same opinion, like people from all different belief systems, lack of belief, but they're not afraid to talk about whatever they believe. I've loved that uh, about that. By by the way, you get uh, such a variety of guests. Yeah, it was supposed to be a place to have an open and honest conversation. Uh, where we could ask just a few questions about what the the guest was dealing with, what they were thinking through in life. Now, I had no clue that we were going to have the Black Lives Matter come through during this time. We were also going to have, obviously, what happened just a few weeks ago, um, the tragedy in Washington, D.C. I hadn't really thought about it being election season. I hadn't really thought about the church being completely divided on a lot of issues. Like, I hadn't thought about this when it started, but the cool part is, we're able to talk about it on the show now. Yeah. Um, and then every show ends with the same thing. Do you believe hope still wins? If so, why? And if not, why not? And we've had guests say, no, I don't believe hope still wins because hope needs to be able to see like to, in, in order to hope, you need to know that there's a past that can prove the future. And if you're somebody right now who has only faced pain in their life, there's no past to look back on to hope for in the future. And so how are you going to hope if you've never seen it happen before? Like we can't, and, and it's just like blow my mind on learning about how other people, how different people see hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been really, They're really cool. They're so it's good to night. watch. They're so fun yeah. to watch. Jess, one of our questions is you're a skincare expert. 
now yeah. educated and everything. Give us the top two skincare items we need in our lives. What do I not know that we need to have in my cabinet? Okay, what do you not know? Yeah, well, which I, can, you can assume the answer is a lot because I know like moisturizer. <laughs> moisturizer is a great place to start. Thank you. Um, something else that everyone has to have is sunscreen. Okay. Like you have to wear sunscreen. I even, I put my sense, my face sunscreen on my hands too because your hands are in your face are two of the places that you're going to age the quickest just because of the sun. <laughs> I know. And for everyone so listening, Ben like, is just inspecting his hands. You could look like 30 in the face and your hand, but your hands can look 50 because yeah. they see so much sun. Yes. So whenever you put your sunscreen on your face, which you should every day, even if you're inside, because the light from computers and tablets and phones can also cause damage. So wear sunscreen every day on your face and then just rub the excess on your hands. Okay. That's a great. Do you have a brand? I know you haven't come out with your just special yet, but. Oh God. That's like a whole. Yes. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're speaking it. Yes. We don't have to wait 10 years, but what, so is there a kind that you think we should all get? Is there one you love the most? So I love the Ilia Super Serum. It's I-L-I-A and it's a tinted one and it's really beautiful. It's super sheer. It has SPF 40 and they have a really wide range of colors. Um, so I love that one. And it's also really hydrating. Okay. And then if you don't like color, I really like the Coco Kind. It's also a little bit more on the affordable spectrum. So Coco Kind has a really, really nice one as Listen, well. Listen, that Coco Kind highlighter is the business. I know. Everything they do is great. I had no idea. My friend Kate. (laughs) The Coco Kind highlighter, that golden one. I can't quit it. Okay. You guys, is there anything we didn't talk about that we need to cover? I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) quite honestly, I'm just pumped for February 2nd for you and I. Uh, Yeah, Um, me too. That's the only thing we have to cover is just like, it's a great day for the two of us. And I hope you are a New York Times bestseller on February 3rd. Thanks, friend. Ooh. I hope I hope the same. I hope we're both printed on that same list. Say what, Jess? I do have a question for you. How do you like to celebrate when your book launches? I am so glad you asked me this because 30 minutes ago, I said to myself, don't forget to tell Ben and Jess this, and I almost forgot. Here's oh. what you need to do. Everyone knows we're not recording this the day of, but the night before the book comes out is the night you yeah. should go to a nice dinner and celebrate, Ben, because listen, you've already done the work. You've already done the work, but the night before the book comes out, you and I on February 1, we are not celebrating our numbers, New York Times, any list. We are celebrating that God gave us an assignment and we finished it and it is available. So you celebrate it the night before it comes out because that's the night that you're reminded that the work is done. What happens after that is very fun and we're very grateful. But that's what I do is I go to a really fun dinner with friends the night before to just as to to remind myself that the thing we actually celebrate is is obedience and co-working with God. We the thing that doesn't necessarily get its fir- get the first party is how many copies sell. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And once it's out, it's out. It's Each out. Time, this thing has been wild. I mean, it's a year of just like a lot. I mean, this is some, I mean, like I have a lot of respect for authors now, um, people who make a living out of this. It's a lot. And so once it's done, it's like, whoo, breath lifted. 
<laughs> yeah, once we get through this week and we and then it just becomes a book on a shelf and we're very proud and there's more people who will get it. You know, by summertime, not long before summer, but by summer, we'll be like, you remember we launched that book? That's really yeah. fun. So and the thing I'm asking, the thing I think would be really fun and the thing I genuinely am asking God is that we both end up with our names right next to each other on the list. So when I hang it on the wall, I'll highlight them both. That'll be the fun day. Wouldn't that be dream? And that'd be so fun. Um, Okay, friends, the thing I always have to ask for the last question, because the show and the new book are called That Sounds Fun, tell me what y'all are doing for fun right now. We're setting up our new house. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you put together the bed, Ben. (laughs) I set up the bed. Uh, We we bought some furniture. I'm also, uh, by the time this comes out, but I, I'm getting to play in uh, my my annual celebrity golf tournament in Orlando where my dad caddies for me. And they're still doing it. And there's no guests this year, which is going to be a little sad because that's kind of the fun part. But still, it's a lot of people on a course playing golf competitively. Yes. That's what I'm doing for fun. That's what's on my mind right now in yes. our house. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Jess, what's the room you're most excited about? The bathroom. Really? We bought a house and the master bathroom had carpet in it. So we... <gasps> are gutting it and it's going to be my dreamland. Oh, I can't wait. Please keep showing us as you're renovating it, the parts that you're willing to show us. I would love to watch that renovation. Oh, I will. Have you ever smelled carpet uh, in a bathroom I- after 30 years of sitting there? <laughs> Was it unbelievable? Man, it smells like something. It smells funny. <laughs> it, it just smells, it's not like anything you could describe. It's just 30 years of moist, damp, stuff sitting yeah. below the the carpet so yeah you better yeah. pull that up and get that out of there i did yeah yep. well done <laughs> well done uh friends thanks for doing this today so excited for you ben everybody should get alone in plain sight i just am so glad to be friends with y'all thanks for doing this Anna, thank you Friends, aren't they just the best? My gracious, I love Ben Higgins and Jess Clark so much. Don't forget to grab a copy of Ben's book, Alone in Plain Sight, this week and make sure that you're following him and Jess so that you can tell them thank you for being on the show today. Also, Jess, with all that skincare tips, you guys, go there. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And just a reminder that my new book, That Sounds Fun, is embarrassingly easy to find, too. It's available wherever you love to buy books. And I hope you'll get a copy and find or create some fun in your life. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And tomorrow, we're going to finish up an amazing book launch week with one more special surprise episode. We'll see you back here on Friday.